Welcome to the Lore Lumen Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Conley. In case you don't know, the Lore Lumen Podcast is a podcast where we try to make a connection between philosophy and creativity in hopes to reawaken a sense of wonder that lives within us all. If you like what you hear and you want to find out more, you can visit us at lorelumen.com or become a member at patreon.com slash lorelumen if you're interested in getting early access to these episodes, product discounts from our store, and additional secret content only available to our Patreon members. We hope you enjoy today's episode. So today I'm joined with Melissa Wilson, who is a freelance writer, a entrepreneur, and a maker of many things. And I thought it'd be perfect for us today to talk with Melissa about the difference between fantasy and magic realism and what does fantasy or magic realism mean to somebody who wouldn't classify themselves as a fanboy or girl of fantasy or magic realism. So to start us out, let's talk about the difference between fantasy and magic realism. I think most people already know what fantasy is, and that seems like a little bit of a catch-all. It seems like um, a wider, bigger umbrella of just all things fantastical, whereas magic realism could be considered a subgenre of fantasy, which I think is fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. But how would you define magic realism? I think... In its most basic form, magic realism is just the world that we already live in with a good, healthy sprinkle of magical elements versus a fantastical world that has fantastical things already happening. It's it's kind of this like sparkle in the mundane is how it feels to me. Interesting. So tell me a little bit why you enjoy magic realism on a personal level. On a personal level, I think... It goes back to the way I grew up, which was in a super small town in Indiana. It was about 4,000 people, um, lots of trailer parks and cornfields. And it just like when you think about the most mundane Midwestern little place, like that's really like that's going to show up on the Wikipedia page of, of that, I think. And I started reading magical realism in high school, and I think that the themes often mimicked that like I see it a lot in southern lit and obviously in the latin culture and all of these places that felt more like villages (laughs) to me or had these like folklore systems like we everybody knows everybody's business in my hometown and I think that in this weird way that becomes a little magical because the stories become bigger than the people themselves very quickly um I saw that in my own lifetime with people living around me and I think that's what touches me in magical realism is that sometimes you don't even know if the magic's actually magic or if it's just something someone's passed on and made up throughout these lineages, but it becomes magic because it's just, just this retelling. And yeah, I think that's why that sort of fantasy appeals to me. It reminds me of the role that folklore played before we had proper sciences, which is super interesting to me the, to think that maybe, maybe magic realism is the modern equivalent of traditional folk tales. I could definitely see that. I think folklore often is painted with pieces of magical realism, um, maybe even in the sense that 
In folklore, it's not magical at all. It's just realism. And those magical things that are happening are just part of the fabric of what those people were experiencing. And so we're seeing that in fiction too. And I don't know, I think fiction can be more telling of real life than nonfiction some days for me. I think that that often has the heartbeat of what people are actually experiencing. If they can distill it and paint it in the way that they were processing it at the time. So I don't know, magical realism and folklore, maybe they're synonymous. Interesting. So talk to me a little bit about um, examples of stories that felt like they were more magic realism versus fantasy. I don't know. This might be a one-off story, but it just feels (laughs) appropriate. Um, My dad was dating a woman whose kids went to school in another county. Mm -hmm. And at that time in Indiana, counties got to decide whether or not they were a part of daylight savings time. They get to decide? Yeah, yeah, it made no sense. And so for half the year, my house was split between two time zones so we could keep everybody on track because one of our counties decided to go forth with daylight savings that year and the other decided not to. So we split our house into two time zones to keep track. So the top level was an hour behind the bottom level for, you know, however amount of time goes between. Um, And so we had upstairs time and downstairs time in my house for a solid amount of time. And we would all wake up at the same time, but it would be an hour apart and go to our respective schools and jobs and get back home. But it... I never thought that was strange until I retold that story here. And that just feels a little magic to me because we were kind of suspended between two time zones in my house. Tell me more about how magic realism influenced you and affected you in the context of growing up in a small town and how magic realism influenced you in the setting and the environment and the personality of small town America. In small towns, when you're driving or you're walking between these old buildings, like there's almost these crevices where anything can kind of sneak in because time just feels a little little slower. Um, there was a guy that <laughs> a couple houses down from me, we had a bunch of acres, so I couldn't see his house, but he was a little far down and he drove a truck and instead of a trailer hitch, he would rig up coffins as trailers and drive these coffins around. And I made up a million stories about him. And I think in my own mind, he quickly became this magical character to me because who does that? I love that. Tell me more of of these experiences, these diaries of rural America where if, is it real? Is it magic? Is it magic realism? (laughs) The lines and the definitions uh, only are certain after the fact. (laughs) This is kind of a stupid example, but... Uh, We were walking, um, my best friend and I, our like acreage touched. And so we would take four wheelers back and forth between each other's houses and her farm was connected to her grandma's farm. And so we could all just bounce back and forth. And one time we were just walking across and I don't really remember why, but there was just an egg like sitting there and there were no chickens around and like no reason for there to be an egg because it wasn't a chicken farm. And the stories my brain could come up with for that, like just to be sitting in her front yard and like this front of this teeny tiny little white house and there's just cows, like nobody's there to lay an egg. Um, But that felt a little like, it's just any of those spaces where something is a little unexplainable, where you kind of just feel like there's a crack in something and something seeped or seeped through and you just need to come up with a reason for it. And I think 
Maybe that's folklore and magical realism is that we're just constantly trying to find an explanation for these things that happen. And I think I'm in the party that would much rather come up with something a little crazy than something a little reasonable. It seems like magic realism is a term for creations made by the human hands. It seems like a way to categorize a certain flavor of storytelling. But hearing you talk about your experiences in a small town, your experiences in your love for magic realism, it almost feels like a name for the process of encountering unexplainable things in the reality that we still don't fully understand. Yeah, if we talk about Big Fish, which is one of my favorite stories and movies, um, we see this dad and son processing events that his dad has retold him. So there is some sense of skepticism in the son's part because he wasn't there to be an eyewitness. Um, But there's everything in me that just wants to believe the dad because why shouldn't you see your death in the eye of a witch? Like, I just don't see why that couldn't happen. (laughs) And... I think ultimately the son isn't grappling with whether or not he believes in the fantastical, but whether or not he trusts his dad. And I think that's wildly important as we process the world around us, because I know that the sun's going to rise every day, but I don't know that it's not going to be a little bit weird. And I don't know, any fantasy system to me feels like a lens in which we're processing the world around us. And so whether it's like this high fantasy elves on a mountain or magical realism, you know, surviving a huge tidal wave and having a talking donkey, then like ultimately maybe there's not a huge difference because we're all just people trying to process the events around us. What I love so much about fantasy is that as we grow up and as we get older, We're faced with choices and each choice defines you a little bit and there's no way to go back to that place and maybe choose a different choice. There's no way to rewind yourself to the point where you are at the crossroads and imagine if you weren't stuck between this option and that option, but then suddenly there was a third option. And I think fantasy allows you to live out the self that might have preferred a third option. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean for the you that exists today or the you that could exist tomorrow? Fantasy allows you to rewind or fast forward the permanence of time. A little bit. Yeah, I think so. I think when you're talking about this almost third option, I'm constantly writing about all of these people in one specific town and none of them are wealthy or (laughs) have a particularly easy time about it. And all of them have magic that doesn't help them at all. Like there's just no point to it, but it's something they experience. And there's this one man that I write about constantly and he works... Um, at a bus factory making school buses and lives in a trailer park and he comes home every single day after work and slams his truck door and walks onto his porch and tries to light a match for the cigarette that's in his mouth but every single time he lights it it turns into a firefly like every single time and so he's never been able to smoke or like get that release um, 
But there's also a girl in the same trailer park, probably in her early 20s, who collects these fireflies every night. Like she finds them and grabs them. And when she wakes up in the morning, they're ash. But I think that there's something about what you're saying. Like it's almost this third option. Like he's has this very linear motion. Like he's going to his factory job and coming home and wanting that really so bad to just smoke a cigarette and he can't because every night the flame is a firefly but someone else in that space too is finding a little bit of wonder and I think it's mundane and it's not easy and and his life isn't very pretty and he maybe can't always see the beauty and the small amount of magic that he has but there it is and I don't know. I I think fantasy and magic, they can create these little spaces of release. And maybe it's not for us always too. Like we're talking a lot about the lens we view things in, but maybe it's also for the people around us. I think the last topic I want to talk about is what does it mean to somebody who didn't experience the egg in the middle of the field? What does magic realism or fantasy have to offer that individual? I think... I think the greatest love that we can give something is to just pay attention. I think that that's... I mean, that's your vote and your whole person is when you choose something to pay attention to. And I think what fantasy and magical realism tell us to do is just to pay attention. And I think... If that's not something you've experienced before, it's not on you or the way that you grew up. I think it's just, if that's something you want and that's something that you value, then the question is like, how open are your eyes and how willing are you to let those oddities in? So the question I want to leave you with today is, how has magic realism affected your life in your world and what might it be able to offer you today? Thanks for listening.